What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly. We are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 11. We putting them out there. We putting them out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate you. I am the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. Man, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Things are happening. Things are popping off. But we're back for another episode. We're going to give you the goods as we always do. And you know how I feel. I like to give my positivity off the top. Because you might not stay here till the end. Sometimes everything ain't for everybody. And so when I look at how this week has been setting up for me, and the message that I've been feeling to give to you, just a little bit of positivity is, it's own the direction that you want your life to go. Far too often, we are taking directional advice from people who are not where we are or who are not going where we're trying to get to. I remember my godmother told me when I was leaving Roselle, New Jersey, I was headed on my way to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and she said, Jesse, honey, baby, you can't take Roselle with you. And at the time, I'm this young 17-year-old kid, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, surely I can. There's trains and planes and automobiles. Roselle can definitely come to Chapel Hill. And it wasn't until I was far more older that I realized what she was saying. Some of the things that you did, some of the people who you hung around, some of the things uh, uh, that you were accustomed to, in order for you to take the next step in your life, they could not come with you. So whatever that direction is that you're trying to go, you have to get around some people, you got to get in front of some people who are either heading in the same direction that you are, positively, I hope, or have been in that direction that you're trying to go into and then get your ge your geographical uh, uh, instructions from them. A lot of people, especially those that are close to you, will begin to put their insecurities on you because they never did X, Y, and Z. They'll tell you, well, you can't do that either. You, we from the same household, from the same family, got the same mom and daddy, from the same neighborhood, from the same block, from the same city, from the same state. If I never did it, your brothers, your sisters never did it. Your mother, your father never never did it. Surely you can't do it. And so they'll put those insecurities on you. So you got to be able to, to sift through that and understand that you're, whatever direction that you're trying to go into, you got to block out the noise from the folks that ain't never been there. So those who are trying to give you, you should do, you should do this, you say, ah, 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 ah. You ain't never done where I'm, what I'm trying to do. You ain't never been where I'm trying to go. So while I appreciate you wanting to solicit your directional advice, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm going to go about this thing and I'm going to find me some people who actually been there, actually done that. And I'm going I'm to I'm lean towards them than, 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 than instead of the people like you. So just know, stop taking directions from people who've never been where you're trying to go, who aren't on the same wavelength. Drop them off. Tell them to take an Uber or Lyft. They can't ride with you no more. The ride is over. Get where you got to get to. Through hell or high water. 
this is for you. This is for you. Whatever that thing is, it's for you. In the words of, of Deion Sanders, it's personal. It's personal. And that's the way you should feel about whatever that dream, goal, manifestation, whatever it is. It's now personal. All right, let's get into this sports. Cowboys dominating victory over the New York football Giants, 40 to nothing. Woo! Absolute beatdown, debacle. I told y'all the other show, go outside and get the switch. Big Mama and them say, go get the switch, go get the switch. And now they on to opponent number two. And, and I think sometimes people, fans, you guys get infatuated with the 40 burgers and don't realize, like, this is not college football. You can't just think you're going to put up 40 points a game every single game. And I know you're all thinking, well, the Jets won't have the bad man, the boogeyman, who I feel has kind of almost renamed AT&T Stadium to his own home because Aaron Rodgers would come into AT&T Stadium and do what he wanted, when he wanted, to who he wanted to, no matter who, what uniform he was in. But he will not be in uniform this week. The boogeyman will not be making an appearance in our dreams and our nightmares, causing us harm and grief. But some of you may think that it's just another opportunity for a blow And I hope it is. For your sake and for my sake, I, I hope that it is. But this Jets team, they're, they're going to look at this situation as one that maybe we can go in and steal one. They stole one against Buffalo. Buffalo coming into that game, some may have thought, you know, it was even matchup with the quarterbacks being equal or close to being equal. Aaron Rodgers goes out after four plays, and everyone's thinking, this is Buffalo's game. They have the superior quarterback. And the Jets fought, and they scratched, and they clawed, and they gnawed their way to a victory. And I think coming into this game, you know, you, can you ask yourself, does, does an injury like losing your star quarterback, can it galvanize a group? Can it bring a group together? And in some instances, I would say yes. Remember, this Cowboys team was, out there, was without their starting quarterback last year. And they won five games. Or four out of five games. With their backup quarterback. So in a, in a, in a sense of... They said, you know, defensively, the Cowboys said, defensively, we're, we're going to be the rock of this thing. And I think the Jets have a defense that's good enough to galvanize a group. They're really good up front. Of course, being led by Quentin Williams, he is a stud up front. Whew. He is strong, six foot three, six foot four, two, 305 pounds. He is, I, I love Quentin Williams, his, his, his greatest highlight, one of his greatest highlights was when he was doing an interview after he was drafted, he sneezed, he blessed himself and thanked himself all at the same time. That's a phenomenal. When you can sneeze and go, achoo, bless you, thank you. Like, that's amazing. I, I've, I've loved Quentin Williams since then. Quentin Williams also has his little brother playing behind him. Quincy Williams, who had 10 tackles last game against the Buffalo, Will, Buffalo Bills. But this is going to be an uphill battle for the New York Jets. 
because they do not have Aaron Rodgers. One of the main reasons they brought Aaron Rodgers over here, of course, future Hall of Famer, first ballot, no doubt. They didn't like what they had in Zach Wilson. They didn't think that he was good enough to lead this team to the promised land. And when you have a defense that's built this good and has guys like Sauce Williams, have guys like... I'm so, Sauce huh? Gardner. You said Sauce Williams. Sauce Williams, excuse me. Sauce, Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, and others on this team. It, the only missing piece was the quarterback. They found a situation. Nathaniel Hackett was over here. He was with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And so the, it was a match made in heaven. Only problem is, Father Time is usually undefeated. And you can have your feeling and how you feel about it. And we'll talk more about grass versus turf because that's a discussion. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But four plays in, Aaron Rodgers is out. And now what this team has to do is they have to find a way to win football games in a way that they weren't prepared to do it this season. The defense for the Jets was going to be an integral part. Uh, they, they were, they were, they, they, they are standalone good enough to win you games, or to not lose you games. But the offense isn't good enough under Zach Wilson to put another team on notice. And I think that's where they're going to run into an issue when they have to play the Dallas Cowboys. I went back and I was watching film. And what I love, the Dallas defense was all over the place. It's going to be the, the matchup of defenses in this, in this ballgame. But I loved about what the Cowboys were doing offensively, and I'm so thankful, finally, that Mike McCarthy is calling the plays for Dallas. Because what you saw in that, there, there's a viral clip of Miles Garrett, like, standing up, doing this over top of the center that he's about to rush before the snap. And when you watch the Cowboys play offense against the Giants, weather permitting, you know, weather was, it, was it an exclusive factor of why they couldn't do a lot of their different things. But when you watch it, you watch the setup of how Mike McCarthy was using different formations, different personnels, and he was just sprinkling in those things that, you know, that, that we're going to do in the future. And he realized that that game was already well in control and that the defense had that thing on lock. Once they went up 16, 19 points, he knew this game is over. The momentum had left any chance that it had against the New York Giants. That defense had begun to tee off on Daniel Jones. And I just kind of like subliminally saw Mike McCarthy standing on the sideline just doing this. And he's like, ooh, I'm about to set these jokers up. And then he was like at the top of the key, ISO! ISO, nah, watch out. ISO. And now that you come home, the surface, you don't have to worry about any weather. It'll be a fast surface, a cool, comfortable 72 degrees inside AT&T Stadium. Mike McCarthy could just, like this. ISO. Ah, I got him. Kobe. Through the through the Phil Jackson, the triangle. 
But the Jets, they, they're, they're going to put up a fight defensively. They, they, they have some studs. They do. But if I'm Mike McCarthy, I just drag him into deep waters. I don't have to win the game in the first quarter. It would be nice to. It would be nice to, to dominate this game out, outright from the jump. Will they block a field goal again for a touchdown? Probably not. I mean, that's not a weekly occurrence in the National Football League where field goals get blocked in return for touchdown. That, that's Will they get a pick six for a touchdown again? Probably not. It happens more frequently than a field goal block for a touchdown. But again, it's not a weekly occurrence where you see that happening very often. Interception, yeah. But pick six, eh, maybe. Those things may or may not happen. But for the Cowboys, knowing that Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback that you really have to be fearful of, you can kind of almost play the reserve role. And if you get up 10, 14 points, and they now have to become dominant passers, oh, then I just release, I, I release the Krakens. I, I, I let Micah Parsons just go. I let him be a beast. But if I'm Mike McCarthy, I just drag the Jets team into deep waters. What do I mean by that? 10 play drives, 12 play drives. Even if they end in field goals, you play the long game. Because if that defense has to be on the field for a long time and your defense is resting, then when you get into that middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, hands on the hips, guys bent over grabbing their knees, huffing and puffing, now you have your way with them. So I think if I'm Mike McCarthy, I play this very methodical. Now, if the game presents itself and we get up 21-0, it is what it is. I, I don't think 40 burgers and donuts are, are – this is not college football. Like you, you just don't beat NFL teams like that week in and week out. You, you, you'll catch one slipping every now and again. But overall, you just, that just doesn't happen that way. And I think sometimes fans look at that and they'll say, well, the Jets don't have their quarterback, so it should be another 40-burger. And if they don't get 40, they look up and they go, well, it's a bad game. Well, if you, beat the, if you beat the Jets 24-7, it's a damn good game. It's a really good game. If you beat them 21-10, but you've dominated the whole way through, that's a really good game. The 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 plethora of score, like even in that game with all the, 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 the block field goal and the pick six, the offense still scored 27 points in a game that wasn't offensively offensive. It wasn't an offensive juggernaut type game. It was very methodical, some drops. It was some misses, some bad throws. They let the lot. That's why I'm saying Mike McCarthy's like doing this. There was so much meat left on the bone. CeeDee Lamb would have had a touchdown. Threw it too high. Tight end, touchdown, dropped it. I mean, there was so much meat left on the bone. There was another one, tight end dropped. That would have been a drive extender. Mike McCarthy's like this. Iso. Nah. Iso. 1-4. I got him. But I, I, I don't want to discredit the Jets. I like their coach. I, I like Robert Sala. I think like 
Motor City Dan Campbell, this team is taking on that personality. Like, Robert Sala has that, I'm going to bite your kneecaps, I'm going to fight to the last minute. And I'm sure that's his message to his team. If you watch any of the hard knocks, you know, he talks about stuff like that. Like, you know, he hated walking to the middle of the field, shaking a coach's hand after losing the game, and they said, you know, good job, coach, you fought hard. He said, I don't, F that. I don't want to just fight hard. I want to win. And, and I do believe this team has taken on that personality. It's very difficult to win the football games in this league without a quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven league for a reason. This is why they get paid the most money. This is why they make 40 and 50 and half a billion dollars and $260 million guaranteed and $50 million a year. This is why. They, this is why. This is a quarterback-driven league. And while Zach Wilson has some talent, he ain't it. If he was, if he was it, if he was him, if he was Hemi Wilson, if he was that dude, then there would have been no reason for Aaron Rodgers. You would have marched on with, with Zach. But you saw that you were deficient in that area and you made the move to bring Aaron Rodgers. Rightfully so. Trust me. I, I, I would have made the trade too. To get Aaron Rodgers, 39 years old, I don't care. Bring him. This is the, this is, Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback that could propel you to the next level. Especially in a division that used to be dominated by the Patriots. It's wide open now. It's wide open. Miami's up and down. We don't know what two is going to be. If he's, he's one head knock from being out. Buffalo, they're up and down. New England is a mess. This was an opportunity for you to come in and, and actually win this division. But losing Aaron Rodgers made, made this a very, very steep and tough uphill battle. You know, this, this, this ascension to the to the top is going to be a difficult one. And uh, I, saw, I saw something earlier today. Uh, Brandon Tierney. Is his name Brandon Tierney? I think it's Brandon Tierney. BT. And I, and I love my fellow Northerners. I'm a Yankee. And Brandon's on the, is on the show and he's talking about, you know, if you couldn't kill us last night against, talking about the Jets versus the Bills, they were unkillable. I don't know, BT. I don't know. I get it. You're all in on your team. You want to play on January. I get it, BT. You New York fans. You New York media people. First is Tiki. Now it's you, BT. And you're screaming and you're talking about stop walking around like losers. All the Jets have been for a while as losers, so it's it's a walk that they're accustomed to doing. And you're saying if you didn't kill us the other night, we're unkillable. Well, I I, I don't I don't particularly buy that. I, I think that you just you you prolonged your death one week further. Sorry. You had an opportunity to be buried and killed in New York City. You wouldn't have had to pay for a travel funeral cost. But now you're going to have to come to Texas 
and it's going to be uh, it's going to be physical. It's going to be it's it's going to be something that you've you wish you didn't have to witness. And while the death time of arrival didn't happen against the Bills in New York, it'll happen in Texas. And then y'all will have to pay the cost to have the body shipped back to New York, New Jersey, wherever y'all at. But it's coming. Zach Wilson is not the answer. And you can huff and puff and say it with all the energy and tough guy juice. I think you were heavy on the you were heavy on the pre-workout. I think you went for a triple. I've 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 been I've had these moments, Brandon. BT, I've had these moments. When you when you normally go a scoop, scoop and a half, but you just say YOLO and you went three. You went three. Maybe the game was a little too late. You were up thinking about it. You just couldn't sleep well. So when you woke up in the morning, you wanted that extra kick. You went for the triple scooper. And you were you were lit early in that in, in, in the morning. So I think it'll be a good game. But your season ended the minute the Achilles popped of Aaron Rodgers. It's unfortunate because I like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I am a person who's a fan of greatness. So even when he was ripping the Cowboys' hearts out as a Green Bay Packer, I played against them. I witnessed it with my own eyes. I've always appreciated greatness, and I've always appreciated watching greatness. So to, 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 for him to be injured, I, don't, I didn't like that part. Never want to see anybody get hurt. But I'm glad we don't have to face him on Sunday. And uh, it's going to be a little bit of difficult for you guys, for the New York Jets. So, But we'll see. That's why they play the games, right? This, this should not be a trap game. And I don't think it'll be a trap game. I think the Cowboys have good enough leadership on this football team that allow them to lock in on games like this. I, I'm a huge J. Ron Curse fan. Huge Michael Parsons fan. Tank is a good leader. Dak is one of the best leaders in, in, in all of football. If you listen to Jerry Jones, the best leader he's ever been around at his position in the Cowboys. A trap game to me is 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 a game that happens later on in the year when you're kind of riding high. Maybe you got a couple wins on the row. I think I think earlier in the season, right now, you're still finding and fighting for your way and what you are trying to differentiate yourself from the other teams. So I doubt that a trap game would happen for the Cowboys. This team just doesn't seem that immature. Well, they would overlook this team simply because Aaron Rodgers is not there. Because if you turn on the film, like if Dak and CD and, and, and Tyron Smith and Tyler Biotish and Tony Pollard and, and company offensively turn on the film, you're going to see a really good Jets defense. There is nothing that you can look at from the offensive perspective against the Jets defense and go, ah, piece of cake. Man, we'll be, we'll be chilling in the shade. 
by the third quarter, there's nothing, there's not a person that can leave that room after watching the New York Jets defense play football and go cakewalk. Championship game blouse can't say it. If they do, then they're lying to themselves. That's a good defense, and it shows on film. And the, and the dudes who have the names play like it. The dudes who are hymns play like it. Defensively, I get it. You could say, hey, no Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to worry about that beast, but they're going to run the football. They're going to run the football. Brees, Cook, they're going to, they're going, they understand that they, they don't want to have Zach Wilson throw the ball 30 times in this game. So you got to bring all your chin straps because they're going to try to run the football, limit possessions. They're going to try to, they're, they're, they're going to try to slow you down and wear you out so that your offense stays on the sideline. And your defense is worn down in the fourth quarter where they're into where they're where they're hanging around by three or seven points where they're still in the football game. And maybe they can have a miracle like they had the other night with the punt return for a touchdown. So trap game? Nah. Nah. Too early for a trap game. I think this team is still locked and loaded. I think they understand where they where they ought to be. And what they and what they want to accomplish. This can't be looked at as a trap game. As we move on, the thing I do want to talk about still pertains Dak. But I am coming to a point in life where it's getting a little bit annoying. And and, and I've 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 also understand that we're in the business now. I'm in the business. Of doing things, uh, no, let me take that back. Sports media is in the business of doing things for clicks. I'm not putting myself in that association because I, I, I'm going to always keep a level of integrity and honesty and fairness. I'm going to do my very best. And feel free to ever check me if you feel like I'm not. I, I pride myself on being balanced, fair. If it's good, I'll tell you it's good. If it's bad, I'm going to let you know it's bad. Whether it's the team that I root for or a team that I don't root for. I always want to be fair with my praise and my criticism. But what's gotten completely out of hand is this lopsided criticism for Dak Prescott versus other NFL quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I get it. Cowboys sell. Why do you think I'm talking about them? Why do you think there's on, they're on everyone's A block and all the big networks? Three-letter ones, four-letter ones, podcast shows. I don't think there's another team who has more team-designated podcasts than the Cowboys. Some ton of them. Some of them I really enjoy. Friends of mine appreciate them. Continue to do great work, gentlemen and ladies. But 
is no other team in any sport that is covered from the ruler to the tuna like the Dallas Cowboys. So I understand it. I get it. But at some point in time, there has to be a level of There has to be a, a, a level of fairness that when we're discussing quarterback plays, good, bad, or indifferent, that there has to be a metric that we that we list everybody under. Now, I, I understand that we don't list everybody as far as elite, good, really good, how they, but at some point in time, perfect example, we've put and held Josh Allen as being one of the elite quarterbacks for a long time. He was put in the conversation of Joe Burrows and, and Patrick Mahomes, and you talked about him with Aaron Rodgers, and he was kind of in that group of the elite quarterbacks. I've, I've said this for a while now. Patrick Mahomes sits by himself. He's top of the throne. Period. And then there's the next tier of average, like, humans. I think Patrick Mahomes is up here in the, in the alien space. Extraterrestrial. But Josh Allen was spoken in spaces of the elites. And all he's done was turn the football over time after time after time after time. You watched that New York football, uh, New York Jets game? Three interceptions. By simple mathematics, percentages say if you turn the ball over three times, there's a 90% chance you're going to lose the football game. What happened? They lost the football game. I don't even care if they're arm punts. But at some point in time, there has to be a level of fairness that is spoken about. Because if Dak would have thrown three interceptions in one game on, 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 on a night like that, huh, you would have had to break the TVs. That's all they would have been talking about. When other quarterbacks have these terrible performances, they chalk it up to something else. Oh, well, it was this. It was the weather. It was the weapons. Just a bad day. Had a migraine. Had a toothache. He had a pimple on his butthole. Whatever it is. They chalk it up. They, they, they give every other quarterback in the National Football League this grace to actually be human. They, they give other quarterbacks in the National Football League this space to actually be flawed at times. And I'm not here to, to I'm not Dak Prescott's apolo, uh, 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 apologist. He makes a bunch of money. And when criticism is due, it's due. Give it. But we got to be better at this. Don't just get on these shows and start saying anything because you want the clicks. It's 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 getting it's getting ridiculous at this point in time, because now y'all just y'all just let the other stuff go by. 
Jalen Hurts almost lost the game with a fumble for the Eagles against the Patriots. No mention of that. Joe Burrow, who just got paid the most money in NFL history, lost to the Browns. He's in that elite category. He didn't elevate his squad to beat the Browns. To beat the Browns. It's just oh well. Get him next time, Tiger. Again, even Patrick Mahomes lost to the fighting Dan Campbells. And it was well he didn't have Travis Kelsey. Chris Jones was out, and 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 and. Kadarius Tony dropped 17 passes. All things very true. I wasn't saying that last year when, when, when balls was hitting off the shoulder pads and the hands of, of Cowboys receivers. It was all on Dak. Some of those 50 turnovers last year were on him. A lot were. Give the same grace that you give to the other quarterbacks, black, white, or indifferent, to Dak Prescott. Don't, don't because he's a Cowboys quarterback, all of a sudden rules don't apply to him. Or the grace don't apply to him. It's 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 be, it's it's becoming weird. Y'all do was starting to look real funny in the light. It's becoming weird. And I and I question how y'all how y'all walk past mirrors into your home. And look yourself in the look yourself in the face and see the man that's reflecting back at you, and be okay with that. Don't care about the dollar amount. Just have a little bit of integrity. It's it's weird. It's a really weird situation. Do better. Across the board, criticize when it's time to criticize. There will be times where there is worthy criticism. But when it's time to praise, praise. Don't make up the bull. Don't 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 make up the bull and don't 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 unnecessarily try to pick apart every little thing that's not not worth it. One of the big topics of discussion that's been in the NFL for a while arose again the other day when Aaron Rodgers popped his Achilles at MetLife Field. MetLife has notoriously been known to have a bad surface. Players from all teams will tell you they do not like playing in MetLife. And so this debate has been going back and forth between players, most notably right now who has been like scorched earth is uh, Bakhtiari, lineman from Green Bay. He's like, man, it's the turf. It's the turf. And if you ask, honestly, if you ask any player who is actually the man in the arena, if you ask any player, I'm almost certain, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that you're going to get at least a 98 to 99% answer of what do you prefer, grass or turf. They're going to say grass. They're going to say grass. Most teams, most teams have grass practice facilities. They have turf ones as well. But if you notice, 
Just check out your local team. A lot of the work that they do in practice, they try to get it done on the grass surface. Just better for your knees, better for your joints. Long term, it's better for the overall athlete. And it's been this large debate on grass versus turf. And anytime you have such wide-ranging opinions on certain things or you can't get a clear answer on certain things, follow the money. Follow the bread. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. It is more cost efficient to have turf fields than it is grass. There's very few stadiums left in the National Football League. Bears, Arizona, um, Green Bay, I believe. Very few fields left that have grass. Tampa. The reason being... Most field, one, it is expensive to keep grass up all year long. But most stadiums are now turning themselves into a 365, a, a year, 365 days a year venue. I can't tell you how many times when I was covering the Cowboys for the local radio station, and we would have a three-hour post-game show, so everybody's gone. And we're leaving three hours after the game is over on a Sunday. And as we're leaving out, they got the big trucks in there rolling up the turf because they're putting a new surface in there for a concert. Or they're putting a new surface in there for high school football. Or they're putting a new surface in there for next week's college football game. Or they're putting a new surface in there for monster trucks. Or for boxing. Or for basketball. Or for soccer. Football stadiums are no longer just football arenas. They become or have become a 365-day-a-year venue. It is very difficult to have grass in those places and then have to replace it each and every week. The total will begin to add up. And like I told y'all many, many times before, and I'll keep telling you guys this, owners are businessmen. Players are business commodities. They come in. They do a job. They serve a purpose. They're gone. They have a draft every single year for this very reason. So an owner isn't necessarily looking forward or looking at your long-term health. Because his thing is, football pays one thing, and it's a, probably a very profitable business. But I got Beyonce coming in here in two weeks.
she going to sell 70,000 seats. I got Mexico soccer coming in here in three weeks. They're going to sell 70,000 seats. I got Taylor Swift. I got the rodeo. I got monster trucks that's going to be here for a week. That's going to do over 200,000 seats in a week. See, that's how they're thinking. And it only makes sense to roll out the carpet, put on a new stage, roll back in the carpet for game day. So if you ask the question, turf versus grass, players, the business commodities, we're always going to choose grass. It makes us feel better. It makes, it's, it's healthier for us. But owners are always going to tell you, ah, there's no data that really says either or is better for the health of the players. Like for a long time, they told us this thing about concussions wasn't a real thing. See how that ended. So the owners are always going to protect themselves. I get it. If I owned a football team, I would want to maximize my profits as well. And for every Aaron Rodgers that we lose, we have a Tom Brady. The, the, the cycle just continues, guys. The cycle continues. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers. You know what they didn't lose? The sold-out season. Those tickets are already sold. Those packages are already sold. Now, they may resell them. You know what Woody Johnson and company, those who own MetLife, are going to do? They're going to throw concerts there. They're going to throw other things in that venue. High school football will be played there. So, again, it's a, it's a never-ending cycle. I'm a player, former player. I prefer grass. But the battle between grass and turf is always going to be, and, of course, the NFL, Roger Goodell, they're going to always side with the owners. He makes $44 million a year. You think he's going to piss off those 32 owners by saying, you know what, owners, the players are right. No. The owners are going to say, we don't pay you to side with them. They got their own NFL PA president. Their own union. You work for us. So find all the data that you need to find, find all the doctors that are on our side, and let's put that out in mass consumption so that we can win back the favor of the fans who may side with the players, especially when you lose a guy like Aaron Rodgers. It won't stop happening. Because as these stages become more and more valuable, Tennessee Titans are the, are the next ones up who are building a stadium. $2 billion. $2 billion. You don't build a $2 billion stadium just to play football games in, people. Sorry, it's not happening. That is not a profitable investment. Just to do football? $2 billion? No, 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 no. This will be made to be a 365. That's the wave. Free the wave. That's the wave. It's unfortunate, but players will always just be a commodity. 
we'll always just be a passing through type situation. That's the truth. Jerry Jones has owned this football franchise for 30 years. You know how many players have passed through this football franchise? And I promise you, he's made more money from them than he's paid them. That's how most businesses work. They want to maximize their bottom dollar. And turf gives them the opportunity to do so. So I highly doubt, I highly, highly, highly doubt that you're going to convince 32 billionaires that they now have to turn their stadiums into grass fields. They're going to fight you like hell. Because the money matters more to them than the human. You are a means to an end. That's it, pal. Thank you for your service. All your checks have cleared. When your body breaks down, we replace you. Nature of the beast, guys. On the college football, I I'm going to talk about this topic. This topic, Deion Sanders is so polarizing. I love my therapist. I do. Dr. J, I love you. But it's so polarizing. He is so polarizing. What he's doing is so polarizing that my therapeutic session was based around, and I loved it. We had a great session. And how he tied my life and the things that I'm doing and, 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 and where we're going in this journey to Dion. It's great because he understands the language that I speak. And so instead of bringing up some big philosophical words that'll bore me to death, he makes it relevant. And that just tells you and shows you just how much Dion has continued to grow this thing. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me just, the legend grows. It, it seems like it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger every single day. Game three of this season, will be this week, I think it's 9 p.m. Central Time. College game day will be there. You know it's a big game when they march college game day out. Quick sidebar. And I don't want to fire people, but ESPN, stop marching Lee Corso out there. I get that he's a, I don't know what he is. But he looks bad. You don't understand what he's saying. And Kurt Herbstreit, God bless you, brother. Because he's like, he's like dad or grandpa to you. And you're just like, you're like, you're like lugging him along. You really are. And I know that he is a staple in, in, in college football. But at some point in time, let that old horse just go out into the pasture and graze and, and just be. Stop, 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 stop propping that man up on TV. I'm for real. But college game day will be there. Fox Big Noon kickoff will be there. First take 
Stephen A. and Skip are heading back there to do a show. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. That ain't even sports related. Not 30 for 30. 60 minutes will be in attendance. They'll be doing something on Dion this week. And, and, and not only is Colorado and Dion growing, the money's growing there too. Shador, right now, is projected. His money right now is projected at $4.1 million that he'll get off NIL money this year. Now, I don't count brothers' pockets. Okay? I don't, I don't. I try to stick to my own. It's a lot of bread. It's a lot of bread. And I'm happy. I'm, I, I'm, I'm so happy for NIL athletes. A little jealous. As someone who was a two-sport athlete at a major division university, division one university, I could have made some bread back in the day. Excuse me. <clears throat> could have made some bread. But Shador, $4.1 million. And every week he wins, every week Colorado wins, the legend grows. Shador is now the number three quarterback listed behind Drake May and Caleb Williams. And we're going to have the conversation. I don't know. If we're, we're not going to have it today. Maybe next week. We're going to have the conversation of whether or not Shador loves his daddy enough. No, I'm playing. I think Shador loves his daddy. But does Shador love his daddy enough to forego heading to the National Football League to come back for a senior season at Colorado? Huh? Is the bond thick enough, strong enough? That Shador says, Dad, I'm going to see this thing through. Or does Dion say, baby boy, you got to go. We're going to have, I'm not going to have it today. But that's a conversation that needs to be had. Because that's a realistic conversation. About what they have going on in Colorado. The recruits are coming. Dion, not only is Dion going to have another good portal season. He's going to have a great recruiting season, like regular recruiting season. I think he's going to dominate the portal again. I told y'all before, he has the number one quarterback sitting on his bench. Last name McLean. Sitting on the bench. It's going to be interesting to see. But that's a conversation for another day. Does Shador love daddy enough to come back for another season. But I, I am I am all in on this Dion thing. I, I can't I cannot get away. If you're like me, I'm 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 watching interviews, I'm watching sound bites. He had me darn near crying listening to his pregame speech the other day. He is captivating and polarizing, and I cannot get enough of him. I know a lot of y'all want to see him lose. I know. I know. 
And uh, what, what's, the, what's the great Batman quote? Either you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. That's what y'all are waiting for. Y'all are waiting for him to lose so you can pounce all over him. And I, he might lose this weekend. Doesn't negate the fact that what he's done is unprecedented. Doesn't change the fact that if he lose this week, he can win the next two. God forbid if Dion pulls off a win against Oregon and figures out a way to beat USC, he might be unbearable. The, 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 you know what I love about this whole Dion situation? And, and I, I, I'm not ever going to not love this. Because we, as people, as humans, like I said in my opening about people will project their insecurities onto you. And they think because they can't, that they can't do it, or they don't know how to do it, that you can't. And in this short time, Dion has said confidently, boldly, we coming. I'm bringing my luggage. It's Louie. And I think his verbiage is no different than another coach that says, my goal is to come here and win championships. Well, that's Dion's goal too. He just told y'all he's going to do it in style. And I love that. And I think guys who have this, like Dion, and he said this as well, he's been him for a long time, since Little League. And I think the thing about Dion that is like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, they look for things to motivate them. So if Dion tells you publicly what I'm going to do, behind the scenes when I get a little bit tired, when I don't want to watch that extra hour of film, when I don't want to double check that play, when I don't want to do that extra, when I don't want to make sure things are exactly how they're supposed to be, I'm quickly reminded that I said these things publicly and they're waiting for me to fall. So now dotting that I and crossing that T becomes easier. It becomes mandatory. When Dion told you 75% of the world is covered by water and the other 25 is covered by me, that was a telltale sign to the quarterback, to the receivers. If you want this smoke, you know where I'm at. His shirt said, I ain't hard to find. And he lived that way on the football field because it drove him. I was in the locker room with Chad Ochocinco. And he would do things of that, of that nature. When I got there as a rookie, every rookie DB had a player card autographed by Chad Ochocinco. And they all had a little note to it. This is a true story. 
And the way that he positioned these cards and this note was super, super strategic. Because you pick the card up first, and then you pick the note up. And every one of the young DB's note read this. Enjoy this moment because this is the last time you'll ever have your hands on me again. That's what he wrote. Because you're actually holding his player's card, his, 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 his football card. Enjoy this moment because this was the last time you will ever have your hands on me. The whole thing in the locker where he was checking off the DBs that he had to go against, when he sent other DBs Pepto-Bismol because they were going to be sick trying to defend him, that wasn't because he – that was making sure that everything that I did on the practice field, I had to back that up. So the days when I, when, I, when I got to Paul Brown Stadium and I didn't feel like practicing, well, I just told the world that Champ Bailey can't defend me. I just told the world that Al Harris can't, block, can't, can't, can't lock me up. I just told the world whoever can't see me. I got to practice today. I got to watch film today. That's the same thing with Dion. When he says these things, he believed, and Chad believed him. Dion believed him. Same thing with Michael Jordan when he said, I had to find things to drive me. I, I always wanted things to be personal. And that's what I love about what Dion is doing now. Everything is personal. And he's, 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 Loudly telling you what he's going to do. It's not for you to know. It's for him and his other his coaches, for his players to now back it up. And that's what it comes down to. And a lot of y'all don't like it because it's not the way that y'all would do things. Clearly, he doesn't care. And I love every bit of it. Go Dion. The National Basketball Association. I, I like this rule. Basketball has always been my first love. I played football professionally, but I, to my core, love basketball. I heart it. I don't know where or when we got to this place of resting. I'm not going to blame LeBron. Can we blame LeBron? Can we blame LeBron? I'm a Jordan Kobe fan. Can we blame LeBron? All right. You're like, just you're not being fair. You said that you were going to be fair. I'm not going to blame LeBron, but I'm going to blame LeBron. We have come to this point in time in, 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 in NBA-ness where players are now resting. It's been 82 games since I've been two. It's always been, for I can remember, it's been 82 games. And for whatever reason... Players didn't have issues playing 82 games and still having a long career. See, sometimes information is good. But sometimes too much information for some of you bozos, y'all taking it run with it. 
And so now all these statistics start to come out and analytics and, 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 and all this stuff starts coming out. And guys start running with it. Maybe I'm old school, but I come from the, the era where you play. Unless you are significantly injured, you play. Now guys have load management, no back-to-backs. And maybe the NBA, not maybe, the NBA can kind of do better with how they arrange some of these things. And maybe 82 might not be with these athletes today. It's wild that Dr. J played in some low-top converses. Some Chuck Taylor. Have you ever had a pair of Chuck Taylors on? George Gervin was finger rolling in Chuck's flat feet and all. Magic was hee hee in Converse. Hee hee. He didn't have the bubbles and the technology. That's what Magic, Magic was out there talking trash. You better get him. You better get him. Hee hee. In Converse's. Feet was on fire, probably. You walked three blocks in some Chuck Taylors today? My feet are, my dog, my dogs are barking in some Chucks. Dr. J was going from the free throw line up and under the hoop. Kareem was scout. I mean, these dudes was like playing. The floors weren't, weren't as good as they are now. They didn't have specific insoles. Like, if you haven't noticed, when a player gives his shoes away, what's the first thing they do? They go inside, they pull the orthotics out. Those orthotics, orthotics are important. They pull them out. Them jokers ain't have none of that back in the day. 82 games. But the NBA Board of Trustees and Governors unanimously voted on Wednesday to approving tougher resting policies and punishments for star players. Now, they've already said prior to this voting that they were going to, uh, they already, they mandated now that you have to play 65% of your team's games to be eligible for postseason awards. So that's your MVPs, your defensive player of the years, your uh, six man of the year awards, and all those type of things. Now I know a lot of players have incentives in contracts. You meet you 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 get an all you get to be an all NBA player, all defensive team, whatever, yada yada yada. You get you get bonuses. Certain guys, if they get them, they get they get they're eligible for for, for bigger contracts. So that was one way that the league said we, we got to get these guys playing, and I and I I'm, I'm with them. I, I when certain players come to town. For those of you that don't know, I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We have Luka Doncic in town. Really good player, one of the best. But when LeBron comes to town, it's a hot ticket. Steph Curry comes to town, hot ticket. 
KD, hot ticket. Giannis, scorching ticket. Right? These, these players come to town, and, and I personally, I sometimes take the bougie approach. I don't want to sit way up there. Kind of want to sit a little bit closer. Now, I'm not saying I'm sitting courtside. I'm not sitting up there. So if I pay three, four hundred dollars for a ticket, and Steph don't play, cause he rested, I'm ready to fight. I am ready. KD don't play, I'm ready to fight. I want to see good versus good. I want to see all-star versus all-star. I want to see the very best against the very best. I come from that era where you looked forward to traveling to the, that other all-stars team. If Luka is supposed to be one of the top players in the, in the National Basketball Association, then when I go to Dallas, I ain't sitting out. Nah, he got to see me. Because I need him to know and the world to know that I'm the best. So the NBA is kind of saying, like, listen, guys, it's a bad name for us. It's a bad look for us. We're, 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 not, we're not setting a good example because people, ticket prices are expensive. Parking, concessions. And if you've got a family, you're trying to give your kids that experience and they're you know, Luka fans, if they're Devin Booker fans or Anthony Edwards fans, whoever, John Moran, whoever it may be. And you worked overtime and you saved up and you were like, let's go, son. Dad's taking you to the game. And his players, his favorite player is, name him, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. And you get to that game and you just worked all that overtime and you your, 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 your boy is excited to spend this time with daddy. But most importantly, he's here to see his favorite player. And 90 minutes before the game, LeBron James is not playing, resting. Healthy scratch. Kevin Durant, healthy scratch. Luka Doncic, healthy scratch. No back-to-backs. You're like, what? I, I'm sorry, son. I, I know that we came to see Steph Curry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He's not playing tonight. He's resting. What a letdown. What a letdown for that kid. What a letdown for that dad. I spent $400 to get to this game. To give my son, my daughter, my family an experience... And because you tired, I don't get that chance again. I don't, I don't know the next time I'll have an extra $400 to take my son or my daughter or whoever to a game to give them that experience. And so this part, I'm, I'm happy that the NBA is doing this. And the qualifications of this is that NBA teams cannot sit two of their all-stars. And how they determine that is the NBA defines a star player as someone 
who has made the all-star or all-NBA team in any of the previous three seasons. Can't sit him for nationally televised games. And if you have two of those guys on your team, you cannot sit them both at the same time. If teams begin to break these rules, the NBA will incorporate fine system for teams beginning at $100,000 for the first offense, a quarter million dollars for the second offense, and a million or more dollars for penalties after. And I don't know if that's enough. But teams must manage their roster to ensure that no more than one star player is unavailable for a game. For example, the Boston Celtics will not be allowed to rest both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum at the same game unless they are both injured. Teams must ensure that players are available for nationally televised and in-season tournament games. I, I, I mean, I, I hate to stay up sometimes and watch a West Coast game. And you find out, you know, it's on TNT. You like, oh, it's gonna be a good one. This is gonna, this is, it's, 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 it's whoever. It's, it's Lakers, Warriors. Let's go. No LeBron, no Steph. Come on. Really? I like Charles and Shaq and the crew. Not staying up for that. You lose viewership. Team must refrain from long-term shutdowns or near shutdowns. When a star player stops participating in games or playing in a materially reduced role, it's circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. Under this scenario, the Washington Wizards and the Portland Trailblazers would have been investigated by the league last year after shutting down Bradley Beal for 10 games and Damian Lillard for 11 games, respectively, at the end of the season. Teams must maintain a balance between the number of one-game absences for a star player in home games and road games with preferences for those absences to happen in home games. Meaning, if you're KD or LeBron, when y'all go on the road, those road teams, you may only play certain teams a couple times of the year. It's not like, you, like if you're in the Western Conference, you're going to play more West Coast teams more often. Or even when you're playing home games, right? They, they have 42 opportunities to, 41, excuse me, 41 opportunities to see you at home. The other 41 is dispersed amongst the other teams that you're playing. So you got to make sure that when you're going on the road, if you're going to rest guys, do it at home. Because there's 41 chances for a, for, a player, for a family to see you at home. But this is the part that I, 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 I this is going, where it's going to get real tricky. The NBA will allow pre-approved designated back-to-back -back allowance for players who are 35 years or older on opening night and have a career workload of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 regular season and playoff games combined. If a team feels that their star player is unable to play in back-to-back -back games, it must provide the NBA with the written information at least one week prior explaining why the player's participation should be limited. The, team, the league has also said that the team can seek approval for star players to be unavailable for one end of a back-to-back -back, back -back based on the pro player's prior and unusual injury history. 
Other exceptions include multi-game absence for bona fide injuries, personal reasons, rare and unusual circumstances, roster management of unavailable star players, and end-of-the-season flexibility. But I like this for the NBA. I do. You guys get played a lot of money. Play the games. Because people pay a lot of money for, for, for those tickets. For your sneakers. Sneakers now, $150 a pop. From bronze started two hundred. Kyrie's one fifty. KD's one fifty. Paul George, one twenty five. John Morant's one fifty. The Giannis's one fifty. The Steph Curry's about one hundred and twenty dollars. Come on now. Show up. Play. What you get paid to do. And I'll end on this last thing. Greek Freak, I like Greek Freak. I like him. He's one of those guys who didn't go out and kind of go with that whole uh, team up thing. He was like, I'm, I'm staying here in Milwaukee, and I'm going to do my thing here. And it worked out for him. He got a chip. But now he's questioning the organization. And he's like, oh, if I don't see them making moves in the direction that wants to win again, I might have to look at other situations. What did the organization do? They, they went and signed his other brother. At this point in time, they're about to have the whole Antetokounmpo family working for the Bucks. His two brothers are on the team now. Pretty soon, they're going to have his mom working in there, his dad working in there, aunts and They're going to have the whole Antetokounmpo family working for the Bucks. But notoriously, Giannis has been a guy who says, I don't work out with other people. Not my thing. I don't want to work out with other people. I don't want to team up with other people. I like to work in silence. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym? Giannis said, I don't want to work out with y'all. I don't want to be in Vegas. I don't want to be in New York or L.A. I don't want to work out with y'all. I want to do my own thing. And, of course, you know... You just can't say stuff like that and nobody say nothing. So Giannis proclaims again, I'm not one who wants to work out with people. I like to work out on my own, do my own thing. And Evan Turner replies on Twitter, nobody want to come to Milwaukee and work out with you anyway. You and your brothers. I don't think Evan Turner has the legs to stand on and kind of make that comment towards Giannis, but it's funny. And that poses another question that I'll kind of tie into our local superstar here in Luka Doncic. I've long said this about Luka. While he is an all-world talent, one of the best in the National Basketball Association, Luca will find it very difficult, if almost impossible, to lure free agents to come to play with him in Dallas. I know they got Kyrie here now. I don't think that's particularly going to work, but that's, that's another day. We'll have that conversation. But Luca. When you look at how teams, these super teams are formulated, you hear about the Drew League runs, you hear about the runs at UCLA, you see Melo in the gym in New York running games, and there's, there's all these little pockets 
of where guys meet up and they have these workouts at. And I can tell you as someone who has played the professional sport and who has worked out with other people in different pockets of the country, that's how relationships are formed. Because after you work out, y'all go to the club, y'all go back to the crib, y'all gaming, y'all doing a bunch of different things that's actually like bonding time. You start talking about your organizations, what can help your teams, and all these things. And before you know it, you figured out, you know what? I like this guy. I've always respected his game. Now I like him as a person. Huh. I'm up for free agency next year. Huh. Maybe I will come play with his team. Maybe we will join forces. When Luca's season is over, he jumps on a private plane. Slovenia. That's it. He's in Slovenia. Puffing on them cigarettes and hookahs. Eating the finest Slovenian dishes. Surrounded by the finest Slovenian women. Playing for the Slovenian national team. Fine with me. It's great. Represent your country. But the NBA has become relationship-based. A lot of these kids, and not just the kids, the older guys as well, they play high school ball together. If they don't play high school ball together, they're for sure on AAU teams, on the AAU circuits, college ball, even things like gaming now. That's become a thing where guys have bonded in. But when you isolate yourself on another continent, it's really hard to make relationships. It's really hard to convince somebody to come play with you. I think everyone respects his game. But if I respect your game and I respect someone else's game who are maybe not as good as you, but maybe not as not too far off, and I, I, I'm a pending free agent and I have the option, but you spent an entire three off-seasons, four off-seasons in Slovenia, never one time did we pop a bottle together, never one time did we play cards, game, work out in the gym, but this other guy we spent many times in the gym in L.A., in Vegas, on the blackjack tables after we worked out all day, we have the same chef, we get our car detailed at the same place, we share uh, agents and marketing people. That wins over. And while I think Luca's a generational talent, this league has become a two-star league. Sometimes two and a half. You need you need like an A, one A, an A or one A in a in a in a in a, in a B to truly compete to win. And I know people are going to say Kyrie and Luka. Yeah, they might work together. I don't think so. Two ball-dominant players. But if Luka is going to be able, unlike, you know, like Giannis said, I, I don't want to work out with anybody. Then Evan Turner's right. Ain't nobody going to Milwaukee to work out with you and your brothers. Ain't nobody coming to Dallas to play with you, Luka. This game is about relationships. Got to get out and touch the people. Isolate yourself. 
That only may work for a little bit. You may get hot one time, like Luca did. I mean, like uh, like like Giannis did. It's an uphill battle now. It's an uphill battle. And you could hear him talking more and more about, ah, I was I was really big on staying with one team. Now I'm looking at all my options. Because he realizes I can't run by myself. All right, man, that's it for me. Appreciate you all. Thank you again, man. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Give me three listens. Pick three shows. It's 11 episodes in. 15 minutes. If you're not hooked, I'll buy you lunch. I'm not buying you lunch. You'll be hooked. Give your boy a shot. And then once you like me, tell a friend. Okay? I appreciate you all. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out!